0: this episode is brought to you in part by the table podcast from the hendricks center at dallas theological seminary i'm daryl bach one of the hosts and i invite you to join us as we discuss issues of god and
1: culture which includes anything and everything listen on your podcast app or at dts.edu slash the table hey i'm chris and adam and i recorded this first season of the device and virtue podcast exclusively for our friends now that's you too so enjoy our first attempt at arguing about tech and faith oh and find our newest episodes at deviceandvirtue.com someday your computer
0: will drive your car okay google take me to church this is device and virtue
1: Howdy, it is The Device and Virtue podcast, Christian thinking about technology in the church, and this is episode three. Hello, Adam. How's it going? Hi, Chris. I'm good. How are you? We are coming to you from Chicago, and uh, you know, I had a lot of fun last night. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we hung out last night. We did. Uh, We were at a, uh, uh, what was it we called it, Beer and Hymns? Yeah, Beer and
0: Hymns. That's a thing. It is. Like when I told my parents about this my mom was like uh <laughs> i don't think those two things go together <laughs> and i was like no they do they definitely they really do. went together last night they, they were like went a bluegrass really
1: well. band like they had some great musician accordion yeah uh guitars and other uh, stuff i think going a on. ukulele maybe was, i think there might have definitely been a ukulele yeah. actually uh but then just all hymns people packed in there yeah that was fun we it all had a beer 100 people uh, there we sang lots of harmonies yeah. I feel like it was like Martin Luther would have loved this. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, we all know Martin Luther was mostly drunk. I think while he was writing his <laughs> theology in the pub. I don't know if that's really true, but they do talk about him in the beer. Yeah, uh, I don't think we weren't drunk, but uh, we were having fun singing. It was no, like, it it
0: it it opens up the spirit to really sing heartily and lustily. It's true.
1: I thought I thought you were a heart, you were a hearty singer.
0: I I I got loud. People don't know know this about you that you know you sing. This I do. The thing you do. Yeah. Yeah. I'd I'd keep it on the down low. (laughs) Uh,
1: Well, today uh, we we should talk, right? Oh, yeah. Because we are uh, technology and the church and everything in between, and you have brought the topic for today. So why don't you tell us about it?
0: Yeah. So I ran across this article from Wired magazine, and uh, it was kind of a news piece they were writing about. The headline was, Feds Say They'll Count Computers as Human Drivers. Hmm. So it's all about driverless cars, but I'll just give you kind of a top line view of it. Yeah, sure. Um, so there's a group called the national highway traffic safety administration. NISTA. Yeah. Which is a mouthful. Um, and even the abbreviation isn't very much help. Um, the NHTSA. So they, they maintain this really big rule book for car makers and it regulates how car makers, uh, are to maintain their safety uh, when building new cars. So, um, currently, though, all the regulations in the in this big rule book refer to like human body parts and how they interact within the car. Ah. does that make sense? So, like, um, when you're you know pushing the gas pedal with your foot, or you're looking in the rearview mirror with your eyes, right? So. Now, oh, so it talks about that, in yeah. The so it 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 regulates all these things and and how how the car makers are supposed to protect. I guess it's true. It's not car. like you
1: buy a Honda and the brakes are like up by your left hand or something. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Like it's all the same.
0: Yeah. So it's kind of regulated. So you know where you know where
1: things are. Most yeah. Cars work about the same. Right. right. Yeah.
0: So the NHTSA regulates all that. They have this big book about it. So now, driverless cars is sort of you know out there on the horizon and yes, exactly. pretty soon cars will be driven quote a of, unquote. a lot of
1: states have already passed laws saying they got them
0: yeah right yeah or
1: for the for the future expectation of them yeah. yeah
0: yeah so they're going to be driven by driven by computers so now all of a sudden this big rule book is sort of out of date and so computers don't have eyes they don't have feet And they don't need rear view mirrors. They don't need brake pedals as such. You know, the ways that we've thought about the car in the past hundred years is just changing fundamentally. True. So to address this in January 2016, the head of the NHTSA, a guy named Anthony Fox, um, uh, gave his department the task of revising this whole rule book. And he wanted them in the next six months to account for self-driving cars. Um, so they're still working on that revision, but in February, and this is where the article came in. The department came out and said this. They said, quote, "If no human occupant of the vehicle can actually drive the vehicle, that is like if there's no like steering wheel or rear view mirror oh, right. or pedals." Because
1: the Google cars they're making, they just don't. They're not even putting those in. Yeah, you, you don't. Yeah, need there's it, like right? two passenger seats, yeah, right? Yeah, right. Uh huh.
0: So. If they don't, if the human person can't drive the car, so then they said it is more reasonable to identify the driver, quote unquote, as uh, whatever or as opposed to whoever is doing the driving. Sure. So that's where Wired then comes up and says, oh, well, then, uh, you know, feds are counting computers as human drivers. Yes. Uh, right. So Interesting. Yeah. So it kind of just raises these interesting questions. Computers are human data. We'll get into that. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it just raises these interesting questions. I'm curious how it relates to the church. You know, how yes. should the church be thinking about these things? For sure. And uh, and so, um, I just kind of wanted to chat about that and see and see what your thoughts were. Yeah. Um, for sure. So first off, though, I have a really important question, Chris. Mm-hmm. What should we call cars driven by computers? So, like right now, people are calling them driverless cars, uh, or they're calling them self-driving cars. So, what do you think?
1: Uh, uh, Uber. <laughs> Uber? Uh, uh, no, not really. Um, here's my I, I, so. Here's my answer for this. Um, I think they should be just called like the. Uh, they should just be called drivers. And here's my logic. Okay. I have logic for this. Like, because drivers, like, uh, it sounds like a human to us when we say there's a driver. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, We've, mm, we, we only know drivers. There is precedent for this interesting thing in human language. So, uh, the word computer. Okay. Right. Oh, yeah. So, computer, uh, I looked this up uh, OED 1640. It's okay. The first time. 1640. Okay. Is the first time that the word computer is used. And of course, it's a person. It's, it's a person. It's someone who, who calculates,
0: does computing. Yeah. Who, do, who like? And it right. comes
1: from Latin, like your computere or something. Um, uh, actually, it's like putere is the reckon and com was the. Uh, anyway. Oh, it's getting nerdy Too, in yeah. here. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. Uh, but I mean, like, you know, we don't really actually call a computer computer. And I thought about this with my grandma, right? Like, um, <laughs> my grandma, where'd that come from? But my grandma in World War II, uh, is uh, works downtown. She used to tell me this all the time. She, you know, she's from Chicago and she used to work on Lake Street as a Rosie the Riveter, you know, like the poster with the oh, yeah. bandana right, right, and right. the yellow right. thing and like the, the, the fist. Yes, and we, we, can, can kinda, yeah, yes yeah. we can. We do can it. do it. Yeah, or yes, we can do it. We can do it. My grandma always used to say like, I was a Rosie the Riveter. She goes, those men—they went to war, and they said it was hard. It wasn't that hard. And and, and so the she, war wasn't hard. <laughs> well, working in this factory, right? Oh, okay. And so she'd like would, she was a, uh, um, I see. she'd press these buttons and have these machines. But I thought about this because you know women did a lot of jobs during World War II that traditionally had been men's job, and that's where the when I thought of I thought of Grandma first, and I thought of the computers because actually there was a bunch of famous women, right, during World War II that actually did, that were computers, that's what they were called, right. that did calculations for the war. Right, right, right. Uh, and even, I think I had heard something last year about, yeah, NPR sort of falling doing a biography of them, There were some of the earliest, you know, real smart women, yeah. did a lot of math, that kind of stuff, so they were computers. Right. So we are starting to see computer refer to like an actual machine in, right. like a, in the language in the early 1900s, but not till like the ENIAC, 1945, look that up, you know. Like, is, is it we're really, a computer means what we think now? So it changes from a person to the to machine, object. Yeah. Okay. So it's a driver. So you a driverless th- okay. car is just a driver. It's like just I, a driver. I'm going to call my driver.
0: Huh. I can see that. That's what right. I thing. Mine was not so historic. <laughs> oh, uh, and what we should call them? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> oh, right, right, right. I, I thought we should call them, and this is a bad portmanteau, but automobiles.
1: Auto. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? I, autonomobiles. I, I like uh, what you would call cars, and I thought of a historical precedent. And you said, "Let's make a word." Yeah,
0: <laughs> know, auton- autonomous automobiles. Okay, so, Autonomobiles. Uh-huh, but I
1: think automobile is the kind of word that's just going to like yeah, bag being shortened. Yeah, into nobody an, nobody yeah, likes that yeah, word. Yeah,
0: no. it's just a, it's a terrible word. I, but I, hate I it think, already, I think it's an appropriate description. Yeah, it's true. I do. Okay, all right. Well, well, we we're going to
1: refer them to automobiles from now on or drivers but that see that's confusing <laughs> well right how, now how it's you, confusing yeah, to you but, but you in 20 a whole years
0: culture to like buy into that it I just don't happened know. with computer i i do you think of a woman in world but war ii not, when i said computer now but there weren't as many computers
1: sure like anyways moving on okay move moving on then. so <laughs> this headline does have this thing that says computers as human drivers right and sort of I think that bothers us a little bit, this sort of association computers and humans. And I know you said here, you know, the government didn't do that necessarily, right. but the Wired article sort of said it like that. Uh, yeah, does that, what do you think of that? Yeah,
0: it's, uh, I mean, there's a long history of doing this, right? Like we, we create our tools and then, and, and we give them names that relate to ourselves. So like right now we're both sitting in chairs that have legs, yeah. And a back. I guess it's true.
1: And a back. You know, you don't even think right. about that.
0: And, you know, on the wall, there's the face of a clock and hands that indicate the time. It's true. Um, you know, an electrician knows that there's a male end and a female end <laughs> to an extension <laughs> mm-hmm. cord. And mm. you can probably figure out yes. that too. You know, soldiers use firearms. Okay. Um, and if if they run out of ammo, they can use the butt of their gun. <laughs> Right that's um, <laughs> true but I think it's so there's obviously like a history of of us taking our tools and naming them based on our own human body parts, right, yeah, sure, um so there is this notion, but then it kind of has reversed back on itself, so uh a while back, I was with some friends here in Chicago, and we had gone to a party, and we were um we'd left the party and we were walking we walked out the back door actually of this of this house rather than the front door we came in the front door we went out the back door i don't know why so there are alleys here in chicago and we kind of wended our way through these alleys to find our car and yeah and uh we we came out and we were like right there the car was like right there and my friend turned to me and she said um man you have a great inner gps and i just kind of laughed right Ah. because like 10 years ago, she might have said, You have a great inner compass, like you have a great sense of direction. Right. But she's using this um, contemporary technology that we think about um, and the ways that we think about it to talk about ourselves. So it kind of turns back on itself. Yeah. So, like,
1: yeah. Um, so the anthropomorphic, sort of like we choose tools and name human things. But then in this case, it was the reverse. Right. Uh, right. Where sort of a technology was being mapped onto a human function yeah.
0: yeah and and you see the same thing happening now with that headline, right? So computers as human drivers, so we're saying that computers are taking over this role that humans have, and suddenly we're saying, well, you wanted you said, hey, we should just call them the driver, or we should call yeah. these cars drivers sure. right um, And you know that's just how we've uh, thought about that's how technology has shaped our understanding of ourselves and it it goes back to how we think about our technology too so we think about computers or we think about our brains as really complex
1: computers sure like, absolutely well you know you know i've always i've talked about this a lot like uh, there's it's incredibly uh sometimes you hear some analysis of technology that really isolates technology in its own little bubble when they just talk about the technology yeah and there, there there's no such thing like it's absolutely we relate technology is a part of the human culture and ecosphere when we right. relate they mesh together so much it's impossible not to talk about technology without talking about humans right and vice versa right. so i think your language thing here like yeah it's perfect and yeah. when we talk about the driver and the car yeah they're going to be together like it's uh, it makes total sense yeah I think, I think for
0: me, the question that we want to be asking ourselves is how, how is our, how are our tools, our technologies um, making us think about ourselves differently? So if I think of my brain as just a really complex computer, is that an appropriate way to understand my body or is it, is it cutting off aspects of who I am as a person and causing me to, to, to narrow down what my brain is. Um, I think, I think we need to think about how we use our, our language to talk about ourselves because, um, yeah, it's a great metaphor, but it's just that it's a metaphor. It's like, um, the brain may be like a computer, but it's not a
1: computer. Sure. (laughs) Um, I think I, I, I've often talked about one of my favorite theorists, Walter Ong. He's a Jesuit, mm-hmm. and, uh, a priest that wrote sort of in the middle of the century, and he has this quote. He's, you know, He always says, uh, the world that God created understandably troubles us today. Uh, some are inclined to blame our present woes on technology, yet there are paradoxes, and this is my favorite part. Technology is artificial, but for a human being, there is nothing more natural than to be artificial. <laughs> I love this. Oh, man. And so in McLuhan, you know, McLuhan would say um, the, the wheel, like the vehicle, and this is with the driver of this car, is an extension of the human functioning of the foot. Right. Of the leg, of walking. Right. And we are taking a human function of being able to move. And giving it sort of more p- with technology, this sort of with an invention of ourselves, we're giving it yeah. more power, and it yeah. does things to us. It it, it, it expands our power, so right. I can walk so far in one day, but I can drive much further in right. one day. But it's just an extension of the exact same function, or you know, or you know, when he talks about eyes and sorts of you know where, how far you can see, and uh, so all these technologies are always extensions of human function. Right. Uh, so is it appropriate for me to think about? You said you know is it appropriate to think about my brain as a computer. I go, I don't know if we mix them up as much as we understand that they're extending a functioning. So as I build a computer, like my iPhone has crazy amount of processing power, you know, yeah. way more than the 1945 ENIAC and way more probably than the woman before that that did math in their head. Yeah. Like, um, but I'm extending that, those women's genius of math into mm-hmm. the, we're just extending this technology like it can this iPhone can do a lot faster than any human yeah, can. Yeah. But it's us. Yeah. It's us. It's our yeah. it's it's the power of our brain making something that does something our brains already did.
0: Yeah. But I think it's important to say that it's doing uh, the a computer or an iPhone is doing some of what our brains do and not more than what our brains do. It may maybe sure. it does it faster, but it, it takes a portion. I, and, and sure. Even, well, and McLuhan
1: talks about numbing too. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. You know, we're doing a lot about McLuhan, yeah. but he talks about it when we do when we focus on one thing, it does sort of turn down the volume and everything else, and mm-hmm. we all get focused on just how the technology like sort of blocks everything else out. Yeah, and, and so it, you lose the holisticness of yeah. it. Yeah,
0: and and there are other aspects of the brain that aren't aren't being um, emulated in a in a computer program. There's so many other questions that we could be asking about this issue just because it's such a big issue and it's, um, goes in so many directions. Like we could be talking about the safety aspects. I mean, safety is a huge thing and it's a huge selling point that everybody from the department of transportation to Google is saying, you know, driverless cars are going to make it safer on the road. Yeah, because humans make mistakes. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I mean, that's a question. Like, uh-huh. is it is it really going to make us safer? Um, and mm. what other uh, challenges is that going to bring along with it? But um, like, for example, who's who's liable in the event of an accident? Is it the computer programmer? Is yeah, it the right. company that owns that computer program? Is it GM, the car manufacturer? Who who's responsible? People going to sue case? Google? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, we've kind of said, well, computers aren't human, but If they have a role here, then you know what's yeah what's their responsibility, Um, and then like we know that we get spam in our email and we get viruses on our computer. What happens when the computer virus is in our car? Yeah, when that
1: driver of this car is just sort of dumb and opens that Microsoft Word attachment.
0: I know, right? He's so dumb like that. It's just yeah, it's terrible. (laughs) Or or you have hackers, you know, doing (laughs) the same thing. Yeah, and they're hacking into, you know. Traffic systems. What what will that look like? We don't know. Those are things we have to figure out. Um, and will it actually improve traffic and life on the road? Um, we've on the Eisenhower.
1: You know, I hope so. Yeah. No kidding.
0: <laughs> yeah. So there's just lots of other questions, but I think we want to kind of because this is the Device and Virtue podcast. We want to get at how is this technology going to influence and impact the churches that we attend.
1: Um, yeah yeah like what what is the effect on
0: yeah yeah so what how is this relevant to our church uh because this is like we think okay driverless cars what relevance does that have to life in the church the when ecclesia. You, yeah yeah <laughs> when church. you when you go to church and worship in the sanctuary um how did but i think some of the framing questions for us are like how is this going to change our practices um as people who are part of this culture going to church but how is it also going to change our values
1: yeah for sure what did what were some of the things that you thought of when you were thinking about that
0: yeah so i i mean i started thinking about just the um some of the church practices that might change you know we have these um huge parking lots at our churches now and uh the parking ministry the parking ministry right yeah well the parking ministry goes away all of a sudden.
1: I'm smiling because my church is 100 people. We don't we don't have a parking ministry, but I, I've been to uh, those that do.
0: Yeah, absolutely. They've got the the wands, and like cones. yeah, mm-hmm. like they're parking a 747, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, yeah, that the parking ministry goes away. I'm sorry, parking guys. You are doing a great job. Back to the soundboard. But soon you'll be looking for a new volunteer role. Um. So people are no longer like parking their car and walking they're you know maybe their car is valeting them to the <laughs> yes. to to the drop off they they jump out the car goes and parks itself i mean maybe off site maybe it's 2 miles away who knows um you know it is is it just a glorified for for the elderly is it just a a glorified wheelchair like they can get to church now without having someone drive them they're if they're able to get huh. to their car they can they can get to church, sure, um, which is great, I think that's that or you would be or, or awesome your, opportunity kind of yeah, send,
1: send your kid to church, you don't even have to go you
0: don't even have to take your kid Perfect. to church. you can you can just coordinate with you know however this is going to work, you can coordinate your car to pick your kid <laughs> up and take him to church, but it could also be taking them you know maybe the kid programs it to go somewhere else, maybe they're going to the arcade, kids don't go to the arcade anymore,
1: so and we can be cynical about that, but i I did think there there's something to this like on a practical speaking when you're talking about the practices that does make it potentially easier for us to be more bodily present. Okay. And you know, so How just so? just I'm saying it's potentially easier to be in this get to a space. You know, I oftentimes like for us to drive an hour to get somewhere to be with someone else as work, you know. Uh hmm. uh but the driverless car maybe makes that possible. So, you know, so it's almost like think about driverless cars in Skype. Uh so we have presence, we can throw our presence by being visually, we can see what's going on and we can sort of be visually right. there, but we could actually be maybe physically present more often. I um, so, I often think people dog, you know, I, I think presence is 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 more than physical presence, but I think there is real okay. things than physical presence. And this is something that I think lends itself to that.
0: So you're saying that when, um, when you have to think about driving an hour, you might be less interested in doing that when you're having to drive yourself. Yeah. But you might be more willing to do it when the car is driving you. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That, you're right. And, and I, when it relates to the church is like being with the community or being mm-hmm. with the people, right. you know, and doing and seeing that as a core value yeah. of what it means to be the church. So do you think
0: that means that people will be willing to drive farther than they were before?
1: Where, where
0: I was willing to, yeah, like an hour is about as far as I want to drive on a Friday night or whatever. But... Maybe if I have a driverless car, if I have an automobile, sure. <laughs> then yeah, I can. I'm willing to drive two
1: hours. Yeah, so potentially it intensifies the effect. You know, you talk about that in that um, in your ebook, the the um, how mega cars create. Uh, or mega cars cars create the mega church and sort of the highway system and it right. essentially t- expands the neighborhood and we know this in the Chicago suburbs people regularly go an hour to just go somewhere and it's yeah. sort of normal um, so do you if you're down in a small town in central Illinois going an hour is like way out of town is to another town and, and people don't do that nearly as often yeah. but the cars the, the the road system just sort of creates the normalcy of like i just going to go somewhere for an hour and I think that it maybe expands that so people may be willing to drive farther to go to the church they so, want or so the church neg- they like yeah so in a negative way we could see it as like creating consumer further consumerism yeah in the church in a positive way maybe it maybe it allows someone to be part of a community that they otherwise wouldn't be okay so that's like some
0: futurism in terms of like practices like what might it look like in the future but how how might it look in terms of how driverless cars could change what we believe
1: yeah like the theologically even right. like what is the church you know, we are talking about this, uh, one way to think about technology in the church is to think about just sort of like, what does the future sort of look like? But I also mm-hmm. like to think about like, let's imagine the church, yeah. uh, 50 years into it, it. Like, and what are the people in that church when they're reasoning about who God is, uh, when they're thinking theologically, like what are they, what are the assumptions that they're making that they might not even be noticing? Okay. Like the fish in water. Cause I think that our yeah. culture right. affects our theology a lot. And like the context, um, I'm not sure the answer to this, but one thing I did think a lot about was when you brought this up was theological anthropology or sort of like, what does it mean to say from a theological perspective that what humans are? Okay. You know, we were talking about computers and humans earlier you know okay. like, and what what is a person uh, right. what does God say a person is what right. does scripture say the definition of a person is right and like there's actually a lot of uh there's a lot of definitions that have been out there by theologians over time but you sort of and you think of the word imago dei the image of God yeah uh, and sort of what that means you know some theologians have <laughs> you know Paul Tillich is a you know theologian from you know uh not that long ago but winds up saying you know essentially good existentially is strange we so he's talking about humans sort of in an arc of sin and redemption okay um, but one of the older sort of definitions was that um, humans are rational volitional and communicative so like rational like you can think okay. you're like you know sort of in like volitional you have a will you have you can a de- choose exactly yeah um, like you're free to choose things um, freedom was was emphasized with that and communicative like um, and I think a lot of th- I think this definition actually came a lot out of saying well, how are they different than animals okay uh, and now you can make some arguments about animals being rational and volitional and communicative okay. as well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, and you start there. Go okay, that's a human thing. So what about a driverless, like a car that dr- a computer that drives? Like at right. first we go, well, it's they don't-
0: making choices to some degree, right?
1: Yeah. Well, at first, we it's easy for us to say for older computers they don't have any free will. We just tell it what to do. But as these yeah. computers get smarter,
0: yeah. Smarter, quote unquote.
1: Yeah, I know, it's smarter, but they start to blur this line, right? Certainly, it's yeah. rational. Yeah,
0: it gets harder to think about them as non-human.
1: And Siri communicates with me all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so, like, you know, these, this and I assume Siri's built into the car. It better be. It's Apple. So, right? Uh, oh, Google. You're, oh you're, wait, you're going to be driving an
0: Apple car? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Would be, definitely be an Apple
1: car. <laughs> <clears throat> so, like, uh, you know, the care So. I think the church is gonna have trouble thinking about so what's the definition of like what it means for God says to be human? And this is not definition, it's gonna be blurred, it's gonna be hard. Okay. Um, so either that you start saying the computers are sort of human and made by God, or you have to come up with something different. And I think one way forward on that is um, sort of this idea of task and relationship. We are human just because God is the w- that's our relationship to God. Humans are the ones that God created. To be in relationship with him okay and that's the definition
0: so he didn't he didn't create driverless cars to be in
1: relationship with him <laughs> exactly like it's not about the characteristics that you have although we could talk about that like you're like, rational okay um you know you're wearing a great flannel right now you know like it's not about these characteristics of humanness it's like it's like you are human because you are the one that god created to be in relationship with him okay yeah that's and so it's a relational definition of humanity yeah and I think this is a scriptural way of talking about it. So, and,
0: and is the imago Dei tied up in that?
1: Yeah, exactly. Ah, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I can't say. Uh, I'm too weak on that. Okay. So I don't know. Like the image of God, I think we would say we reflect the image of God in that, but the definition yeah. sort of comes yeah. from that. And then the, the task and relationship of task, we could also say humans are the ones that are that are tasked by God to take care of His creation, right? Right. Um, and they're the only ones tasked by that. So a driverless car essentially failed all those things. But I think, uh, that's just sort of this kind of stuff I was thinking about when I thought Mm -hmm. about how does the church Mm -hmm. think about sort of living in a world that has computers that act like humans.
0: Yeah. And make choices on behalf of humans. Yeah. But they are not human. Totally.
1: Well, uh, you want to wrap up? Yeah, I think so. I think it's time for, you know what it's time for. Oh yes, it is. Uh, Vice or Virtue? I <laughs> uh, love it. Adam, I have a question for you. Vice or Virtue? Ready? Okay. The
0: suburbs. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, you and I, uh, mm. we, one of us lives in the suburbs and one of us doesn't. <laughs> doesn't? We can't even say oh, the other word. One of word. us lives in the city. I'm the sorry. city. Yes, you're right. Um,
1: you know, if you, people don't live in Chicago, they don't, you know, they sort of refer to everything as Chicago. It's but true. around here, we say Chicago land. Yeah. Because Chicago land is everything. It's true. But the city it's is Chicago. the city limits. Yeah. With 52 neighborhoods in the city, already yeah. a lot of complaints. And then the suburbs probably have, gosh, maybe more than 50 separate oh, yeah. cities, yeah, you know, like 11 million total. Right. So I'm saying, you know, around here, you have opinions about the and suburbs. And if you,
0: if you live in the suburbs, when you're going downtown, it's not downtown <laughs> to your suburb. It, no, or, you no. know, downtown, and you're going to the city is your one into the city, yeah,
1: or the loop, even yeah. which is the downtown part of the city, yeah,
0: yeah. vice or virtue I, I have to say, I have to say vice on this one i'm I'm not a Whoa! <laughs> are you surprised Whoa! I mean, speaking of driverless cars like and just cars in general, cars created the suburbs, I'm just like confident sure. of that, yeah, and they've they've allowed us to all kind of get in our own cocoons in our own kind of honeycomb lives where we kind of get separated out from everybody else. And we get in our car. I, I get in my car, in my garage, I drive to work and I get out and then I go home and I park in the garage and I shut the garage door and I, you know, don't really talk to anybody. Like that's the cocoon of the suburbs. Um, I'm going to say vice. Nice.
1: Well, what about you? (laughs) Uh, I think, you know what I'd say? (laughs) I think it's a vice. I think the suburbs are TJ Maxx in a parking lot. Uh, um yeah and they do they create homogenous you know drive into your garage the same kind of stuff i think it yeah. reduces the human community as much as i love sort of skyping and like i like to talk about distant stuff with you and think uh-huh. it's good actually um i think the i walk down the sidewalk and just walk down tons of people all the yeah. time and my shoulders rub with a lot of people that are even different than me yeah. Yeah. um because of the city and uh different languages, different food, different energy, and um, it's a good thing. So uh, definitely a suburbs are a vice. All
0: right. And the city isn't.
1: <laughs> well, that obviously means that it's time to wrap up. So uh, <laughs> we will do it. It has been the Device and Virtue podcast. Christian, thinking about technology in the church. Adam, nice topic today. Yeah, it was f- fairly interesting. Yeah, loved it. Uh, you wouldn't think that the connects necessarily driverless cars with the church and theology, but we found a lot of connections. Yeah,
0: it seems tangential, but once you start to unpack it, you kind of see, oh, this could have really a big impact. So episode three,
1: uh, let's do this again soon. Soon, yep. Hey, let's keep the conversation going. I think it's an argument. <laughs> okay. Tweet to us at Device Virtue. And for links and show notes, check us out at deviceandvirtue.com. And... Do leave us some love by rating us on iTunes. Yeah, please do. This episode was brought to you in part by the audio adventure series, Discovery Mountain. Help your kids fall in love with the Bible. Each true-to-life adventure story will draw them closer to Jesus visit discoverymountain.com slash ct.